yesterday, two days ago technically, but it really doesn't feel like two days. I mean, just the way times fly is crazy. But here we are. The draft is in the books. The Bengals get eight picks out of it, and we are here to break it all down for you and what it means moving forward into the rest of the offseason with about two weeks before rookie minicamp. Welcome into the final post-draft edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Muhammad Ahmad and Andrew Gillis here with you to wrap up day three of the NFL draft. And before we get into that, I forgot to mention this yesterday, so I want to say it now. Make sure you sign up for Cincinnati Football Insider. It's our subtext service. We send you all the breaking news, analysis, and updates, including everything that was going on with the draft, what the Bengals were doing with their picks, and why those picks mattered. Me, Mike, and Andrew are all over it. And if you want to sign up, go to cleveland.com slash Bengals. Click on the blue banner at the top of the page to sign up. It's $4.99 a month, but it's a two-week free trial to start, and you're not going to want to quit because once you get on it, you're going to get hooked because who doesn't want to get hooked on the cool kids? So make sure you sign up. And if you want more news and updates, go to cleveland.com slash newsletters and sign up for our Strictly Stripes newsletter. It's free. It's in your inbox every morning, and you get the best stories and insights from me, Mike, and Andrew. All right. Without further ado, jumping into it just to uh, go through the names here. So day three, the Bengals get Charlie Jones, wide receiver out of Purdue, running back Chase Brown out of Illinois in the fifth round. I'm going to – I think I'm going to say his name wrong. Correct me if I say it wrong, guys. In the sixth round, the Bengals got Andre – Iosivish? As I say, is it Iosivish or Iosivish? Forget. It's one of those two. I pull it. I forget. It's been. It's a long spelled Iosivish. That's how it's spelled, but I know it's not pronounced like that. But nonetheless, they get yeah, him out of Princeton. Iosivish. Yo, there you like go. Yosivish. 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 They get him from Princeton in the sixth round. A few picks later, they got punter Brad Robbins from Michigan. That's a pick they got from the Chiefs after trading down in the third round on Friday. And they top it off, last but not least, with Miami cornerback DJ Ivy with pick 246. So obviously, as we expected, they did a little more offense today with a wide receiver and a running back. Um, I think I was a little interested, though, the fact that, you know, and we'll talk more about this, you know, later in the podcast. But I thought once they got to the sixth round, they were going to get a tight end. Instead, they double up at wide receiver. Uh, with Yoshivas, as we mentioned. Um, I like the pick with Robbins. I think with Ivy at that point, you know, those seventh-round picks tend to be crapshoots, so really not much there. But I don't know. Do you guys think they should have made a move at tight end in the sixth round, or do you think Yoshivas really was worth, you know, that sixth-round pick after they already got a wide receiver with Charlie Jones? Yeah, I, I think, you know, kind of when you look at it, I think you can actually be okay with not drafting a tight end. Um, you know, I, I understand kind of the need, um, you know, hey, look, we only have, you know, Irv Smith and Drew Sample and Devin Asiasi. And, you know, we, we didn't really use Asiasi a lot and Sample was injured and Irv Smith is coming into a new team. Like, I get all that. Uh, but this is a predominantly 11 personnel team. Uh, you do not really do a lot of two tight end sets. Um, and, and frankly, I think you're, you're kind of just leaning into to what you do well. Um, I mean, because if, if Irv Smith is good, and, and I mean, the talk from, and I mean, good in Cincinnati, the talk from everybody for the last few weeks has been, oh, you know, the, the Bengals have this great marketing pitch for tight ends, you know, come to Cincinnati and you're going to get paid after one year. Like, that's fine. Like, if, if that's the case, uh, 
then you need to roll with it. Then you need to roll with this. I think, um, you know, I understand kind of wanting an extra tight end, but you're, you're taking away time from somebody else because if you really do believe in Irv Smith, then you have to take him off the field for a rookie tight end and rookie tight ends. They take a while, you know, so kind of once you get past Mayer and, and Kincaid, there, there's really not a tight end that you could look at and say immediately pro ready, like immediately we're going to use this guy and immediately he's going to be an impact playmaker. So I don't know that the, we'll get into kind of other positions here and kind of what I think, but I think with tight end, you know, everybody was kind of talking about that as a big need. I think I'm, I'm okay with it. I, I don't think it's, it's that big of a deal that they passed on tight end again. Yeah, I mean, I thought we talked about it last night. I would have taken, you know, one of those those top tight ends. Um, and once you pass with those, I mean, it's sort of, um, I, I don't know, became less relevant as the draft went on. I do disagree with Andrew. I think that whole full group of five or six guys would have been ready to contribute. Um, uh, you know, Luke Shoemaker from Michigan was a five, six-year player. Sam Laporta was a four-year player at Iowa. I mean, I think those guys would have been ready to step in and not had any, any issues. Um, and all those guys were sort of physically imposing. Um, so, you know, would have been able to sort of take the uh, rigors of the game. Um, but I didn't, in terms of day two, that wasn't really my issue with um, how day two went for them. Yeah, I think, you know, and obviously we'll see if they get any undrafted free agents, uh, which are all coming in right now as we speak. But I haven't seen a tight end reported yet. Obviously, that could change in the next 24-plus hours. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like Zach Gen- – I'm sorry, Zach Taylor, I think he was serious when he said he genuinely believed in, you know, Irv Smith, Drew Sample, Devin Asiasi. And, of course, they have the two tight ends in the practice squad, um, Nick Bowers, and I believe the other one's name is Tanner Hudson. So, you know, they want to see what they can get out of those guys and uh, the other three guys on the active roster I mentioned, you know, and then maybe – like with Mitch Wilcox being gone, do you get someone like him who was an undrafted free agent just like him who maybe gets on the practice squad and competes for a starting role like he did for the last three years? I don't know. Um, I think they, they could have made a move in that round, but to kind of bounce off what Andrew said, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. And I say that specifically because I think with uh, Yoshivas, I mean, I'm looking at his RAS score right now. For those who don't know, it's relative athletic score. So his overall score was a 9.96 out of a possible 10.0, which ranked him 14th out of just about over 3,000 wide receivers. I mean, his height, his bench, his vertical, broad jump, 4.4340 yard dash, which I think sticks out the most. The way Troy Walters talked about him was almost like he's a lottery pick if you can really unlock that potential and you know get him to learn how to run routes and use him on special teams for a year because obviously he's not going to come in and play right yeah, away. It wasn't lottery pick it was lottery ticket that he has, yeah. he has a lottery ticket a okay thank you lottery spot. ticket lottery pick means like the high picks in the nba draft yeah, yeah thank you yeah we're, we're in the nfl not the nba thanks for the clarification but the point i'm making is obviously they really believe in this guy i don't think they just looked at him as somebody they could dump on special teams for depth it's going to be the case for now but i think they really believe you know depending on what happens with tyler boyd's contract after next year and trenton Irwin and stanley morgan or the other backups Seems like they really believe in this guy. I mean, do you think maybe they might have snuck something out with this guy, or do you think, oh, he's just a six-round pick? You know, every coach is going to say that about a player like that, or do you think there's really something there? I thought it was a strange pick. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, you know, they talked about during the week they don't take developmental players, but he's clearly a developmental player, didn't play football 
uh, yearly throughout his whole entire college career um, is going to be behind the eight ball in terms of a the competition phase because he played at Princeton and B um, you know football was sort of his second sport for much of his time um, you know as an athlete and so uh, I mean yeah I guess you could say he has a high upside but he also has um, you know pretty significant risk um, in terms of he's probably the riskiest pick they made um, and you know at a position where they picked a player that has similar sort of, you know, um, wh where they want him to contribute in Charlie Jones uh, to double up at receiver. I don't understand it. I mean, it is the end of the sixth round or, you know, towards the end of the sixth round. So, um, you know, who are you going to get there besides him? But, you know, I just thought it was a strange swing um, for them to make. They've got, you know, two also two guys on the roster that sort of fit that bill. Um, so obviously there won't be room for all these guys uh, come, you know, this, come week one. but um, didn't really understand that pick as much. Um, I, I get their point of why it has upside, you know, because of his athletic numbers. But at the same time, that's a long way to go to um, translate that into a consistent football career. Do we, what do you think, Andrew? Are you kind of torn on that, or do you agree with Mike on that? No, I, you know, I actually kind of think you needed to to double dip at receiver. Um, you know, I I, I understand that. You know, people really like Trent Taylor. People really like Trent Irwin, but um, it's kind of the fact of the matter. They this got brought up in in the in the press conference today. I think it was the pick after. Char I think it was the Charlie Jones pick. Um, you know, Tyler Boyd got hurt in in the yeah, AFC Championship and you can start to you could start to see kind of the unraveling of of the wide receiver room um, and kind of. Behind that, you don't really have an option that is kind of, that is an outside receiver because you know Charlie Jones isn't that big. He's kind of your slot guy, and then you don't with Taylor and Irwin. You, you don't have a guy who can go get the ball if if Jamar or T goes down, and uh, you know you're, you're kind of moving guys all around. So you know, I, I actually thought the pick was fine. Um, you know, he I think with that he has to come in. You know, he's going to be the fifth of the sixth receiver in twenty five or twenty three. Um, he's going to be the, you know, a, a special teams depth guy, but if, if you can, I, I, I'm okay with that kind of pick late because if you can turn him into a fourth receiver, you know, a third receiver, if, you know, at the end of the year, Tyler Boyd leaves in free agency and you re-sign T Higgins, you're going to need a cheap free agent or a cheap, uh, cheap wide receiver room because you're not really going to have a lot of money to go after free agents. So you need, you know, a wide receiver room that's young, that's cheap. And that has upside, and and I'm okay with that as an upside pick. I think once you get to that part of the draft, um, you know, you're, you're not really going to find a lot of guys who, oh, this guy's going to come in and definitely be a solid backup for sure, maybe a starter. Like you're drafting guys who, okay, maybe he's injured. I mean, this guy's coming from a small school and he's got upside. I, I just think you're when you get to that point in the draft, it's kind of hard to to draft a certainty. So I'm I'm okay with it. I think. I think uh, that's kind of the pick that you need to make there in the sixth round. Yeah, I, actually, we mentioned Charlie Jones. I almost forgot about him. I didn't mean the gloss over him, but I just thought the Yoshivas pick was interesting. Yeah, I think Jones, kind of how you feel about Yoshivas is how I feel about Jones. I think that's actually a good pick. I initially questioned that at first of like, you know, fourth round, wide receiver. Did they need one that soon? But, you know, you kind of hear, you know, Brian Callahan and Troy Walters talk about it. Like he played in a pro-style offense with Jeff Brom at Purdue, um, which that right there shows you, you know, 
the discrepancy between playing in college, the NFL is not going to be that big for him, especially on top of the fact he played in the Big Ten. So you have that, which is a bonus. And I also think, too, like this is the big thing. Like you mentioned, Andrew, yeah, people like Trent Taylor, but they also acknowledge like he can come in and compete for that punt return role because Darren Simmons said at the NFL Combine that, you know, they could have gone a little more out of Trent. The goal is to always give the ball back to the referee. That wasn't always the case. So do they get something better with that when it comes to Jones? I don't know. We'll see. And that's kind of where training camp will determine that. But, yeah, I mean, depending on what happens to Tyler Boyd, that could be your guy right there, a cheap option on a rookie contract. He played inside. He played outside, although he mostly played outside. Obviously, the Bengals would use him inside. I like that. But also when I get to the other offensive pick, and that's Chase Brown, I mean, really, at this point, it's going to be Brown, Travion Williams, or Chris Evans competing for Samaj P. Ryan's job. Um, really, I think it narrows down, honestly, to Brown and Williams. I mean, I think we've talked about Chris Evans, really, a, a bunch on this podcast. I mean, he's just there. I don't think they're very fond of him. Just not fond of him as a, in terms of as a person, but just with the way he played. He was inactive, like, four of the last six games of the season because of some penalties and his inability to kind of run as a receiver. So I think it's going to come down to those two. I mean, what are your all's impressions of Brown? Obviously, it looks like they liked his patience and his vision, you know, when he cuts up field, when he finds an open hole. Like, do you think that's going to be an interesting competition to watch with him and Travion Williams in training camp? Uh, I don't know if it's a competition between he and Travion Williams. I think, you know, you, you have – I mean, they're bringing in some undrafted free agent guys as we speak, right. but it's kind of – That's right. Those guys. I, frankly, I think it's going to be – uh, you kind of have two competitions to monitor here. I think it's going to be Joe Mixon versus Chase Brown, and it's going to be Travion Williams versus Chris Evans. Um, you know, the first two guys are, you would assume are pretty safe. Uh, Joe Mix, or excuse me, Zach Taylor said that you know Joe Mixon uh, was the starting running back today, and um, you know obviously he he's going to say that um, they didn't they didn't really make a significant move. In terms of uh, in terms of adding him, uh, you know, Zach's exact quote was his future's here with the team. I like Joe Mixon. Um, you know, he said later that, you know, he liked Joe as the starter. Uh, you know, they get him a ball in a lot of different ways, but he can't take all of the reps. So, yeah, you know, they, they can say that they're high on, on Trivion Williams. But, you know, one of the questions that got asked to them, which I thought was a good point, was, you know, a lot of times at the running back position, you look at guys and say, okay, well, mileage is a bad thing. And I think, um, you know, one of the other reporters, James Rapine, brought this up. Hey, yeah. look, you know, some this is the one position where, you know, experience is kind of viewed as a bad thing. Um, you know, that I mean, one of the reasons I really liked Israel Banacando was because he didn't have a lot of touches. And, you know, you, you're talking about a guy who has 676 college carries. I think part of that, if if I can read between the lines, is that you want a guy who can come in and and kind of play and has uh you know a a, a pretty wide net of college experience. He's he was playing at uh, at Illinois significantly since 2020. Uh, you know he had three years in 2022. We had a lot of carries. He had 328. So you're talking about a guy who's really experienced. I don't think that this is you know a five six seven year answer, but I do think it could be a 2023 answer because you're talking about you know, probably one of the more experienced running backs that you could find. And, uh, you know, I think th those two guys are going to be competing for touches at uh, at the top of the depth chart. Pass blocking is going to be big out of Chase Brown. If he can, you know, if he can show that he can he can block out of the backfield, that's going to be a really, really nice feather in his cap. And then you got the last two guys, Travion and, and Chris Evans. It, I mean, it sounds like Travion kind of has a significant lead there, but 
you know, I think those two guys are kind of competing for that third down special teams type role. But yeah, I, I think that there's two run, two kind of battles to watch in the backfield. And uh, I, I'm not really sure that you can put Chase Brown and Travion in the same ballpark because I'm not sure that that's the case. Yeah, I, I tend to disagree. I just because I I thought it was a bit. You're drafting a, a running back that that his his feature so he's a three down back in production and needs the ball to sort of rack up the yards and you're not going to have him do that. They need a third down back or a change of pace option um, to fit sure. in this roster. They didn't go that way. I mean, I guess Zach can always take back his comments that he meant he liked Joe Mixon for now, um, but there was no dot, dot, dot after the end of that sentence. I mean, I think he's their starting running back. To me, uh, it didn't make much sense in terms of what the need on the roster was um, for next year, knowing that um, it looks like they're going to uh, keep Mixon. I would say, you know, he did have gaudy production, um, but uh, – the, the Illinois schedule was just dreadful last year and <laughs> really, really bad. Um, and uh, the year before that, um, more than half of his yards came in two games, and one of them was against Charlotte. So, um, yes, he has produced, but, I mean, I don't know. I, you know, I, I think I take that production with a little bit of a grain, grain of salt in terms of, um, you know, some of the teams that he was putting up um, these yards against uh, were not very good defenses. Yeah, I, I get yeah. that. I, I just think that, you know, he's not the home run threat. You know, he's not the guy who's going to break a long one. Um, he does have four four three speed, which is pretty good for a guy who's who's five foot nine and 210 pounds. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I, he, I just yeah, think he, that... you know, his success comes from like wearing a defense down. Right. You know, look at his, his, you know, 41 carries against Minnesota, you know, 31 against Iowa, 32 that's not even in the realm of possibility at the NFL level right now, um, you know, that he'll get those carries. I'm not, maybe he could handle them, but, you know, they're not suddenly going to do that. And so I'm not sure what his value was. Like, I don't dislike that pick in that range. Like, I don't think it's like taking a guy like early or taking a guy that didn't fit, you know, that spot. But it, it, I just don't necessarily understand the fit for the Bengals. Yeah, and, and I guess if you had, like, I, I think kind of if I could get, take a guess at it, I think what they're trying to do is, or at least they're banking on the offensive line being better. Um, you know, sometimes last year you would kind of need Samaje in the backfield, especially as kind of the injuries started to rack up. You know, you, you just need it. I think, you know, Samaje played a lot of snaps in that AFC title game when the offensive line was kind of banged up. So I think they're kind of banking on that offensive line being improved and, and you not kind of needing that, that back to, to kind of help out in protection on third downs. And I think that's where Travion can come in because uh, Travion does have some speed to him. Um, so I think you're kind of, but I think you're kind of looking at Chase Brown and, and Joe and, and kind of that first and second down role. And I, if I had to guess, I think Travion's going to be the third down back. I'm not saying that, you know, that's the, what they should have done or the best case scenario, but I just think that that's kind of what they're going to do. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm kind of with Mike on the point he made, like there was no dot, dot, dot after they talked about mixing. So I think that's really where they stand on that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll just kind of see what happens there, but stay with us. When we come back, we're going to talk about the one other, uh, pick I didn't mention Brad Robbins, the, uh, punter from Michigan because there's something interesting to mention with him. Plus we're going to put a bow on this year's draft class and see where things stand going into the future of the off season. But stay with us. We'll be right here on the Strictly Stripes podcast. And thanks for staying with us on the Strictly Stripes podcast. So, guys, we talked about 
uh, Andre Yoshivas, Chase Brown, um, really with DJ Ivy, I think there's not much to say other than he'll be a depth piece behind Cam Taylor Britton, Shadobia Wuzie, but, um, and then of course, Charlie Jones, but Brad Robbins, six round punter. Um, first of all, do you guys even agree with drafting a punter? I know Andrew think you're very against drafting a punter, but like, did you agree with drafting a punter when they had that pick? And Mike, what do you think mm-hmm. of that? No, I don't think you. I don't think they needed to draft a punter because I think you know you can, you can kind of look at some of the uh, some of the picks that were around that, and yeah, you're you're not talking about a uh, you know you're not talking about a guy who can come in and immediately start for you. I, I don't think that that's the case at all, um, you know. But you're you you pick him with the last pick in the seventh round, and I don't know. I I, I mean, there if you wanted to right there. You could have taken one of your tight ends. You could have taken Zach Koontz. You could have taken uh, the running back Dwayne McBride out of UAB. Like you could have given yourself kind of something there. You know, I, I kind of made the case for for Andrew Voorhees, who who the Ravens actually traded up and got. You know, was kind of a you know a development redshirt type guy where you just throw him on the pup and you know you you put him on IR and you say see you in twenty four. Like I think that there were better options there. Um, you know, of the punters that they got, of the punters that they could have got, I think you know. You need one, obviously. Uh, you know, I think it's pretty clear that Drew Christman's play kind of just slowly went downhill as the year went along. Um, obviously, and then the AFC Championship game, that uh, that punt kind of sits in everybody's crawl just because of, uh, of how that game ended, um, you know, and the punt that, that kind of led and, and, and kind of started everything off on that final drive for the Chiefs. So, yeah, I, I mean, you needed a punter for sure. I'm, I'm not saying you didn't. I just, I don't know. I just, I don't think you could have, I'm just not in favor of drafting a punter. I think that, you know, resources can kind of go elsewhere and you can figure something out. Evan McPherson would like to have a word with you. Well, that's fine. But, you know, if Justin Tucker was an undrafted free agent too, like really good kickers can go undrafted. Only one punter went after that. And it was Ethan Evans from Wingate. I think uh, Simmons alluded to that was the other guy that they sort of had on their board. Obviously they, I think Drew Christman's days are numbered based on the pick. Um, you know, I disagree that uh, I would expect Brad Robbins to be the starter, you know, when this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, based on oh, them yeah. using that resource and just based on Simmons' comments um, that they were essentially just didn't get any hang time this year. It killed them, and that's not good. Um, yeah. And this guy can hold. So, um, you know, unless he comes in and, you know, uh, poops the bed. Um, I just don't think that there would be anything holding back from him playing this year. I mean, they had a guy that had no experience last year step in midway through the season. What would stop Robbins from getting the job right at fall camp? And they have the they tied the resources to it, so it would benefit them to do it. Right. Yeah. yeah. This this to me kind of this signals to me a kind of a move of you know even if it's even at all close, which I guess would not be great in training camp if you're the Bengals. Yeah. Uh, if it's even at all close, you have to still kind of side um, with the kid that you drafted. So, I mean, you like that that to me, just the investment there. Uh, I know that's not necessarily always the best way to do business, but you drafted Robbins. You have to you have to put him on the roster at this point. Yeah, I mean, I would almost think unless like like you said, if he poops to bed, then okay, we're having a different talk in July, but. Yeah, I'm with you there. And I mean, like, there's a point he made about the hang time. Like, he, he harped on that because, like, the the punt that Andrew mentioned with the AFC Championship, he said the way that that was punted, you can get away with that in college. But as we saw in that game, 
You can't get away with that as easily in the NFL. So that was a very big deal with Robin's hang time, which I think I don't have the numbers off the top of my hand, but um, it was one of the best, I think, in the country last year at Michigan. Um, I think I saw something that said he didn't have a single touchback. Don't quote me on that. I think the he, Beng- he did not have a single touchback. That's in right. Yeah, I think the Bengals tweeted that initially, and I didn't double check it, so I, didn't, I wanted to make sure. But not a single touchback. Good hang time. And this, I had to hold my laughter back when he was talking about this. When we, when we talked to Brad Robbins on the phone, because he played soccer as a kid, right? Most kickers play soccer, strong leg. I guess he was a striker, and he said he would kick the ball so hard he would make kids cry if the ball hit them. And I was just like. Yeah, God bless that guy with a leg. But like, like has has anyone ever made you guys cry? By the way, like playing basketball, football, like anyone made you cry? Like even unintentionally, obviously. Like, do you ever anybody ever do that to you? No. Like to disclose that. No. I got hit by a pitch once, and it made me cry when I was twelve. I think it was um, it hit me in the hit me like near my rib cage. But I was 12, so, I mean, it was probably like maybe a 60. Should, maybe you should just not be a baby, Muhammad. Maybe you should just suck it up. Yeah, maybe I, maybe I should. Maybe maybe there's a reason why I'm talking about sports and not playing them. But, no, in all seriousness, I, I think all of what you guys said makes sense. Just to kind of put it all together, we've talked about the draft picks from today. and the last two days, we've talked about Miles Murphy, DJ Turner, Jordan Battle. So I'm just going to put you guys on the spot here. Knowing what you guys know and seeing what you've seen, what are your draft grades for the Cincinnati Bengals for the 2023 NFL draft? Mike, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I can go first if you guys don't want. Here, you go You go first, Mohamed. Solid B. I'll give him a solid B. Um, I don't know. I don't really lean B plus or B minus. I just think it's right down the middle. And, like, right down the middle is kind of the adjective I'd give them for this. Obviously, I think Miles Murphy was – you know, one of those big swings you want to make. They didn't. They made the swing and they didn't miss. Um, and I really like DJ Turner, Jordan Battle. I just, you know, and we talked about this a lot on our last podcast. For those who missed it, make sure you go and listen to it. I don't know how I feel about that as a player. Love the value, the pick I'm torn on because I think you could have done a lot with that beyond safety. I think safety is a position you could have gotten later in the draft or. Mike made a point many times on this pod. You could have gotten that in free agency like they did with the one kid from Tulane. I forget his name, but he's an undrafted free agent. I saw Tom Pelissero said they got. Um, Charlie Jones, great pick. Chase Brown for what they got in the fifth round. It was a great pick, although obviously you could say they passed on Rashawn Johnson by getting Jordan Battle, but with what they got, I think Brown was fine. Brad Robbins, bold pick. And, I mean, the DJ Ivy pick doesn't really swing me one way or the other. I'm neutral on that. I mean, like most seventh-round picks. But, yeah, it's the battle pick for me and then what they could have missed out on that, what they missed out on because of that. Um, I like Andre Yoshivas. I like the athleticism. I like the score. I like the 40-yard dash time. The fact that he's played multiple sports, but we don't know what we're going to get out of him. At this point, we got to see how well he can learn to run routes. But with that, in short, I would say that's why I give them a B. But – I think it's a well-deserved B that makes sense. What do you guys think? Yeah, um, you know, I'm, I, I've am i been kind of torn. I, I don't want to say the same as you. I'm kind of torn between a B. Uh, I, I, I can go either way. I, so I think a B is probably fair. Um, I, I actually really liked uh, the Miles Murphy pick. I think that you can probably, you know, talk yourself into an A there. I think that that was really good. Came at a position of need where you get a player who was probably, you know, not many people expected to be there at 28. 
Um, you know, DJ Turner, you draft a guy who is, you know, a position of, of high value and high leverage. Um, and you draft a guy who, you know, he, he, I mean, hell, he might be a starter next year if, if uh, Cheeto departs. So um, Jordan Battle, I think I'm feeling better about that pick, you know, for the Bengals, the more that, you know, people kind of talk about it. Um, you know, it kind of when you talk to, you know, Darren Simmons today, yeah, they, they want him on special teams immediately. Uh, but it kind of sounds like he might have an outside shot at, at a starting job. So, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, the more I the more I think about battle, um, the more I think I'm, I'm kind of I, I kind of like that pick. Charlie Jones and uh, I is like, I don't know. I think you needed you needed another slot, which is why I like the Charlie Jones pick. Um, you know, I was I was talking with one of the other media members today and I just kind of, you know, we were kind of just shooting the shit and we were like, hey, look, you know, they need a guy who can play in the slot and they need a guy who can run routes. Um, I wish they would have done more at running back. Uh, I think, you know, you look at kind of where they're at right now with Joe Mixon, Chase Brown, Trayvon Williams, Chris Evans. I don't think that's good enough. Um, I, I wouldn't have drafted a punter. The DJ Abby thing, yeah, it's it's just hard to say. There's not a ton of info out there about that guy. So yeah, I, I think you know I, I would give them a plus for kind of drafting um, drafting defense. I think they needed some defensive help. Uh, they drafted players with positional values that are really high, but uh, you know you also need you also need help at running back. Still, I'm okay with not drafting a tackle. I'm okay with them not drafting a uh, a tight end. You just I the tight the the punter pick brings him down a notch and then not doing enough at running back brings him down a notch as well. So what were you torn from? You said you were torn. You were- yeah, you said yeah, a B. Didn't you know. didn't say what the other one was. I was stuck. I'll say a B. Like I was stuck with like a B minus because the, the punter thing really, like That's I think you could have you, 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 you just don't like punters. I don't know what you have against no, them. No, I, I think you could find a punter anywhere. And uh, I just, Oh, I really? Okay. I just don't know. Okay. I'm just not. The punter thing, I didn't, wasn't a, because like, again, like if if you're if if we're talking about the running back room with Chase Brown, Dwayne McBride, Joe Mixon, Travion Williams, you probably I, granted it's a seventh round pick, but you probably feel better about that. Or you know if you if you picked Koontz, like again, I know I said they don't need a tight end, you're probably feeling better about that. So I don't know. It's just uh, if they had picked a you know if they had picked a yeah, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of another position that they, if they had picked another defensive end instead of a punter. I think that would have been fine. Um, I just the the punter thing. I'm 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 not sold on. And maybe he'll be great, but I, I'm just not sold on it. I hope Evan yeah, McPherson is not listening to this podcast. My thoughts on it. I think they got A in talent. Like I, I don't have any problem with most of the picks in terms of uh, the players they drafted at the spot they drafted. My problem is is with I feel like it's a C minus and fit, especially for next year. Um, and this is, I've harped on this throughout the process that I felt that they really should try to get over the top. And, um, they got a a lot of guys that I feel like in two, three years will make them look smart. I don't know necessarily like, is Brad Robbins the second most going to get the second most playing time out of this rookie class? And it's possible. Um, and that's, I mean, Brad Brad Robbins might, yeah, Brad Robbins is going to be the, the starter. So like. Yeah, so I mean, he's the number two guy, and he's the punter that Andrew wants to throw, uh, you know, off a cliff. And so it's, you know, that's not not ideal. And and, and you know, I think he could help this team. That's not saying that, but I think you want um, somebody to make more of an impact for a team that's uh, a Super Bowl contender. So I gave it like a C plus, 
kind of as like coming halfway between the two. Because um, like I said, I don't really have a problem um, other than the Princeton kid where I think there's some question marks talent-wise. They did well at where they were drafting for who they got. Um, but, but, you know, in terms of who helps this roster next year, and I know the coaching staff's like, well, we got to be deep in every position. Sure. But, I mean, you know, you could have uh, – free agency could have easily, you know, two more signees, and you would have been in the same spot at some of these places. So I, I just uh, – I don't know. I didn't think they helped them themselves enough for next year. But long term, obviously, they set themselves up at some of these places. I really like what Mike said, like how he said A – did you say A or A-plus for talent? A or A-plus? A. Like you said, A for talent and then C-minus based on, like, the picks. Like, I mean, my overall pick – or, I'm sorry, my overall grade was the B, which is, like, an average of those two, the A and the C-minus. Like, you know, so I, I'm pretty much in the same ballpark as Mike. I know Andrew's not too far off except, like we said, I guess, you know, me and Mike just can't understand why – you know, he has something against drafting kickers and punters. Like I said, I hope Evan McPherson, Brad Robbins, I hope you guys aren't listening to this podcast because, you know, we we don't claim Andrew. Just kidding. We're, we're, we're all a team. We're all a team. Even when we agree to disagree, we're all a team. But, no, I mean, I think we're all kind of on the same page there. I like what Andrew said. Yeah, I, I mean, with the tight end, I still want to see what they would have done if they didn't get battle. But it's not the worst thing in the world. Like I said, if you know, they got Mitch Wilcox. As an undrafted free agent, they could get, like, the second reiteration of him in this year's college free agent class. Yeah, I, honestly, I think with the linemen, you, you can live with that. I saw they got one kid from Washington undrafted, granted. Uh, yeah. This was, like, right before we got on the podcast. Jackson Kirkland, who I think, according to PFF, allowed zero sacks on 491 pass block snaps. Doesn't mean he's going to be a starter, but... If you really think he can make the team and be a backup to Alex Kappa and uh, Cordell Vosen, why not? Practice squad, why not? Uh, but, yeah, I think we can live with that. Obviously, they're pretty bloated at right tackle, and they got Orlando Brown, so I think they're in pretty good shape there. But, yeah, I think that – oh, I forgot. I just realized there's one guy they didn't get, backup quarterback. Uh, Mike, I know you, you're big on that. I know you think they needed to get a backup quarterback either in the draft or in free agency. Brandon Allen is still out there. Um, I don't know if they go after him, but like, what do you think the Bengals do? Do they just wait for Brandon Allen to come back? Do you think, uh, one of the college guys that went undrafted tries out, or do you think they just stick with Jake Browning? My original point was, is that I was surprised that they're going to go into next year without a veteran that's played a game. Um, so I thought they'd address a need because they have a numbers need to, to have a quarterback. Uh, they didn't. Um, so I've just been surprised all offseason that, you know, Jake Browning looks like the, the backup. Um, you know, obviously worst, your, your season's going to go off the rails um, if, if Joe Burrow's hurt. But this roster is talented enough to try to, you know, at least make the playoffs. And I, I don't know you could do that without somebody that's, um, you know, taking snaps in the NFL before. So that that was my surprise. A rookie wouldn't solve that, but at least it would add it would have made sense why they didn't re-sign Brandon Allen, um, but they didn't. So um, you know, Zach mentioned Brandon Allen's name tonight. So I obviously there he's still, you know, maybe a possibility to bring in for depth, but uh, we'll see where that goes. Speaking of which, I mean technically you could say Eli Apple and Trey Flowers are still out there, but I think this draft essentially confirms they're not coming back because, I mean, if you draft two corners with two veterans leaving, I think you pretty much know the answer to is there a chance with Eli Apple and Trey Flowers coming back. Simple answer is no, not a chance. Brandon Allen is different. 
it's funny we talked about um when we did our mock drafts like we I think the guy we kept mocking was Dorian Thompson Robinson in the sixth round. I was amazed he actually went like I think in the fourth round right, and it was the Browns that took him to be behind Deshaun Watson. So I don't yeah. know that that was an interesting pick. I want to talk to our orange and brown talk people about that off the mic later because I was intrigued by that. But yeah, we'll. See if they get a Brandon Allen back, they get an undrafted kid, or if they just say Jake Browning, and you we trust. Behind Joe Burrow, that is. Thank you for staying with us all throughout the week as we previewed and brought you everything you needed to know on the draft. If you want to read more about the Bengals' picks, who they are, why they're important, and why they matter, go to cleveland.com slash Bengals. Me, Mike, and Andrew have everything you need to know. We've got lots of stories coming. There is a lot on these guys, more than you might know. So tune in with our coverage and sign up for our Strictly Stripes newsletter, like I mentioned earlier, at cleveland.com slash newsletter. But that puts a bow on draft weekend. We will be off the next two days, but we will see you on Tuesday to resume things from here. Once again, for myself, Andrew, and Mike, I'm Mohamed Ahmad. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.